this morning, I want to talk to you about living in the light. I want to talk to you this morning about living in the light. Let's pray as we dive in to the word of God this morning. God, I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts. God, that you would help us to live out your word. And God, that, that we would be transformed as we, as we look at your word this morning. God, we, we put all of our confidence in you today. And, and Lord, we know that you are the light and that we can live in your light. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do just that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So why is it that the stuff that causes us the most pain often gets the least attention in our lives? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever had situations maybe from your past that, that you've never really dealt with, that you've just tried to stuff down deep down inside and you've never actually given it the attention that it needed in order for you to get past it? Come on. Like we all have this tendency to, to hide stuff, to, to keep things hidden kind of in the dark closet of our lives, right? And so today we're reading in Ephesians chapter four, and I want to begin by reading in verse one the way that the Apostle Paul begins this chapter, and then we're going to move down into verses 17 through 30 at, at the conclusion of the service today. But the Apostle Paul starts this book of Ephesians chapter four by saying this. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, remember, he's actually in prison at this time, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. The Apostle Paul here is literally begging the church at Ephesus, pleading with the church at Ephesus to lead a life worthy of their calling. Now, I just want to, to make something clear this morning. He was talking to the entire church. He wasn't just talking to the leaders at the church, hello? But he was actually talking to the entire body of Christ. And he said, I urge you, I'm pleading with you to live a life worthy of your calling. This morning, I just want to remind you that you have a calling on your life. That as you're in Christ, you are called to live your life a certain type of way in him. And it's not just for leaders. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for people that have been walking with God for a long time. It's actually for everyone. You have a calling this morning. And so he goes into talking about some of the ways that we live out that calling. So the next question would be, okay, I, I have a calling. How do I live out that calling? Well, the Apostle Paul in verses 2 through 16, I'm not going to read it. You can read it on your own later. I would encourage you right now to be reading along in the book of Ephesians as we go through uh, this study over the next several weeks. But he, he goes on to tell them things like be humble, be gentle, be peaceful, uh, walk in unity, right? Be patient, all of these different things. This is how you live out your calling. And he says, grow in knowledge so that you won't be immature. I'm paraphrasing all of verses two through 16. So in other words, he, he says, grow in your knowledge so you won't be immature. So this morning, one of our goals is that we would grow in maturity in our calling because that's what the apostle Paul is talking about here in Ephesians chapter four. 
Jump down with me all the way to verse 17. And he says this, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God, from the life God gives them because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So the apostle Paul is saying, you can't live like the Gentiles do anymore. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about how in the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul is saying, there's a new community in Christ. The The Ephesian church was full of both Jews and Gentiles. And he's saying, you, it's a new community. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, you're one in Christ. And now he's saying, you can't live like the Gentiles do any longer. What he's saying is, you can't live like you're apart from God any longer. Hello? Because you're in Christ. So you can't, you can't live like you used to live. You can't think like you used to think. You can't do what you used to do. That's what he's saying. And as I look at this passage, and he says all of these things, he says, live no longer as the Gentiles do. I would say this description of living is a very good summary of my own life before Jesus. Because he says things like this. He says things like, he says things like this. He says, they were hopelessly confused. I was hopelessly confused. He says, their lives are full of darkness. My life was full of darkness before Jesus. He said they wandered from the life that God gives them. I had wandered from the life that God wanted to give me. Their minds were closed and their hearts were hard. How many of you know this is not a good description here, right? My mind was hard. I'm sorry, my mind was closed and my heart was hard. And he says they had no sense of shame. They lived for lustful pleasure. I don't know about you, but before Christ, I was a pretty bad type of sinner. Like I was pretty far gone. My life was full of darkness. And when I read that description here in Ephesians chapter four, I can identify with the things that Paul is talking about. Being far from God, being clouded in my thinking. And so this morning, I just want us to catch in our hearts this morning that that we don't have to hide from God. As we're walking with him, we don't have to keep secrets from God. Hello? How many of you know God already knows anyway, right? We can't keep secrets from him. But when, when we're not living with God, we're, we're clouded in darkness and we try to keep secrets the way that I was trying to keep a secret about the children's Tylenol. We try to hide things, try to stuff things. But we don't have to live that way in Christ. We can live in the light of God. And we're going to talk about that this morning. And so let's let's just zero in for a minute here on the way that Paul describes life without God. So in John chapter, 1 John chapter 1 verse 7, John said this, If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us 
from all sin. How many of you are thankful for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from sin? That's, that's what it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. If we're living in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, but we also have fellowship with God. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, that when, when we have fellowship with God, we also can have unity with each other. And the Apostle John says that because of the blood of Jesus cleansing us, we can have that. We can live in God's light. So let's talk for a minute, though, about the way that here in Ephesians 4, life without God is described. I don't, I don't know. For me, I've been walking with God about 18 years now. And sometimes I can lose sight of what things were like before because it seems like light years ago, like a whole different lifetime. Are you all with me this morning? And, and this this passage is a good reminder for me about what I was like before Jesus. He says things like, they, they're confused. How many of you have ever been in a dark place? Anybody ever been like in a, a place that's like so dark that you're just disoriented? You can't navigate. You, can't, you don't even want to take a step because you're afraid that you might take the wrong step. Well, that's how Paul is describing the thinking of, of the Gentiles before they knew God. He said they're confused. Other translations say that their, their thinking was futile. That just means it was useless. It had no purpose, right? The way I thought before Jesus wasn't a purposeful line of thinking. It wasn't a useful way of thinking. And then he goes on to say, their minds are full of darkness. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been anxious for no reason at all? Have you ever uh, maybe felt like there was no hope? Come on. I know that we're in a time right now where we can, we can have those moments where it feels like there's no hope. He said their minds were full of darkness. They've wandered from God's best life. They have no sense of shame, Right? Cue the images of, of uh, Bourbon Street at Mardi Gras time, right? No sense of shame. We know about that in New Orleans. We know about people living with no sense of shame. And he said, they live for every lustful pleasure. Here's what that means. Do whatever feels good, man. Just do whatever feels right to you. Just live your best life, right? Live your best life now. Live it up today because tomorrow we're going to die, right? He says they're living for every lustful pleasure and they're practicing every kind of impurity. In other words, no holds barred. Anything goes, right? That's how we live before Christ. Now, some of you might be thinking, yeah, I wasn't that bad before Christ. I, I wasn't like all that out there, like no holds barred, like doing everything like this way and that way. Well, that may be true, but let me ask you, how were your thoughts before Christ? What was your thought life like before Christ? Were you loving your neighbor before Christ, right? This can look a lot of different ways. Now, if I close right here, we could all go home depressed today. True? We're not going to do that. We're, we're going to bring the hopeful part of the passage. So really what the Apostle Paul's doing here is he's making a contrast. This is what it's life, life is like without Jesus. This is what life is like with Jesus. Okay, so he paints the picture of what it's like without Christ. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, 
through 24, he begins to talk about what it is like now that you're in Christ. Let's read that together. Ephesians 4, verses 20 through 24, he says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. In other words, you know better. You know better than that. He said, since you have heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, watch this now, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Next, he says, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Highlight that, underline that. I believe that today that is the heart of what God wants to speak to his church in this room, that God wants to renew our thoughts and our attitudes. I don't know about you, but I need my thoughts and my attitudes renewed on a regular basis. Then he says, put on your new nature. He says, take off your old nature, put on your new nature. How many of you know if you're going to put on a new outfit, you got to take the other clothes that you had on, you got to Take those off first, right? To put something new on. Work with me here. He says, take off the old life. Be renewed in your mind and your attitude. Put on the new nature. Now, something interesting here about these, these, uh, this verse, these, these verses here. I noticed three action words that the Apostle Paul used or three action steps. In other words, he wasn't saying, here's what he wasn't saying. He wasn't saying, uh, just, you, you just let God do all the work and he'll change you. That's, that sounds nice, but that's not exactly what he was saying. He was actually saying, it's going to require some effort on your part to partner with God so that you can be changed. How many of you know that God wants to change us? Some, some of you believe that. How many of you know God wants to change us, Right? You don't change to, to become a Christian. You, you change because you are a Christian. Amen? You don't change to become a Christian. You change because you are a Christian. Or here's another way to say it. You change because you are changed. Right? Because God's working in us. But he's saying here, though, that it's going to require action on your part. He's, he's saying things like get rid of your old self. That's action, right? Uh, don't, you can't do what you used to do. He's saying you can't think like you used to think. He, then he goes on and he says the next action step is uh, let the Holy Spirit renew you. Like be renewed, right? And we're going to talk more about that in a moment. And then he says put on the new nature. I, I believe this. We need to live like a living God is living in us. We have the living spirit of God living in us when we put our faith in Christ. Amen? Amen? We need to live like a living God is living in us. And so that means we can't think like we used to think. We can't act how we used to act, right? That we have a calling. Remember what he said in verse 1. Live worthy of the calling that God has on your life. So, I would ask this question, why is this so hard? Because I'm not going to sit here and say today, easy, just like live a new life. Just be renewed. It's so easy. Just do that. No, it's not, it's not that easy, right? It's hard, right? We struggle in the way that we think. We struggle to do the right thing. 
So why is it hard? Well, I believe this. What we see externally, in other words, the actions that we see from one another, begins internally. And as we look at this passage, we can see that the Apostle Paul makes reference to this several times when he's talking about all of the ways they used to act, the old ways. He, he's saying, live no longer as the Gentiles do. They're hopelessly confused. Where does confusion happen? In your mind, right? He's saying their minds are full of darkness. So they do all of these things because they're losing in their minds. They're losing in the battleground of their minds. And then he goes to begin describing what a life in Christ looks like, right? What does it look like when you're in Christ? And he says, you have a renewed mind and a renewed attitude. Here's what I believe. Too often, even in the church, we're guilty of behavior modification. You can't dance. You can't smoke. You can't this, that, the other. You can't watch these movies. That's, that's really a, a, a line of thinking that drove a lot of people away from the church about 30 years ago. And I'm not saying that those convictions aren't true. Some of them are, and some of them are people's opinions. But here's, here's what works. Behavior modification doesn't work. If you give me a list of do's and don'ts, I will, break, I will, I will mess up. Here's what works. He says you have to be renewed in the way you're thinking. In other words, whatever, whatever your actions begin to look like, it starts in your mind. It starts in your heart. I, I love this quote. I, I read this quote many times. It says, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Hmm. Our destiny hangs in the balance of our thought life. By the way, that's not Bible. That's just a good quote. And I think there, there's a lot of truth to that, right? That if we have a renewed mind, then we're going to have renewed actions, renewed habits, renewed character, renewed destiny. How many of you would like to have some renewal in your life today, right? It begins in our thoughts. And that's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, take off the old life, be renewed in your attitudes and your thoughts, Put on the new self. You have a new nature. He says, live a life worthy of your calling. You have a new nature. I'm so thankful for the new nature that we have in Christ. Is anybody thankful in the room? I just believe that now, right now, during this pandemic and the, and the season that we're in, in our world, is a time where we are more likely to find ourselves struggling in our thoughts we are more likely to be tempted to fall into old habits. We are more likely to struggle with temptation because we're dealing with loneliness. We're dealing with isolation. We're dealing with discouragement. And so in those moments, we can be vulnerable if we're not careful. I wanna caution you this morning. We're in a time and a season where if you're not careful, you can be vulnerable. It's very easy for your thought life to drift right now. It's easy for it to drift into things like, am I going to get sick? 
Are my kids going to get sick? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to have enough money? Are we going to make it through this? Right? It's easy to slip into that right now, is it not? I believe it's real easy to go there. But Paul said, be renewed in your thoughts and your attitudes. Let me ask you this. How long is something new? Go ahead, shout it out. Raise your hand. Let's have some order in the house. I'm, I'm giving you permission, feedback in the room. How long is something new? You buy something tomorrow. How long is it new? How long? One minute. <laughs> because something newer is coming out right after that, right? What else? Any, ladies, if you get a new purse, how long is it new? A month, I heard. Maybe. Guys, if you get like a new uh, fishing pole, how long is that new? Until you get another one, right? That's about right. That's about right because new stuff doesn't stay new very long. Am I right? If, if I go get my kids a new toy, that toy is not going to stay new very long. A couple days, they're going to get bored with it. They're going to be like, what's next, Right? We're kind of the same way, right? We get a new outfit. It's only new for a little while or we get a new whatever it might be. Paul says, "Renew, be renewed in your thoughts and your attitudes. Renew to make new again. I think we need to be renewed in our thoughts and our attitudes regularly right now. Renew regularly, right? How do we do that? Well, you spend some time maybe in God's word. Spend some time talking with a, a, a friend, a, a brother or a sister about the Lord. How, ma- how, much, how much time are we spending talking about Jesus? As opposed to how much time are we spending talking about COVID-19? And that, that's, that's a convicting question. I feel conviction on that. Am I talking about Jesus more than I'm talking about coronavirus? Be renewed, be made new again regularly, right? Because if I spend some time in God's word this morning, it doesn't take long for the newness to wear off. All I got to do is get on Facebook for like three seconds or be around the wrong person with the wrong attitude for a couple minutes, right? Hello? We need to be renewed regularly again and again to be made new. It says, by the way, you can't do that on your own. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. It says right, right there in that passage that the Holy Spirit can renew our attitudes, renew our, our thoughts. And so this morning, I just want to encourage the church to live in God's light, to not slip back into the old way of thinking the old way of doing things, to not drift into a place of utter hopelessness in our thought lives, to not drift into a place of worry and anxiety that overruns our spirit, but to be renewed regularly. To be in God's presence regularly, to be in God's word, regularly, to spend time in prayer regularly, to talk about Jesus regularly. 
Because right now, more than maybe any other time in our lives, we're, we, we are vulnerable to drifting so easily. And I just believe that God wants his church to be strong. He wants you to be strong in this time. He wants you to be renewed in this time. He wants you to put on the new nature in this time. I believe that the world has seen more than enough dull examples of Christianity. And right now what the world needs is a shining example of what it means to be a Christ follower. That as we are made new, we have an opportunity in front of us, the likes of which we have never seen. How many of you know you can turn your obstacles into opportunities if you have the right perspective, if you're renewed in your thoughts and your attitudes? And I just believe that if the church will shine right now, God will do things that we've never seen before. If you will shine right now because you're the church, God will do things that he's never done before in your life and in the lives of people around you. Does anyone else believe that? Anybody? I I believe that if we will live with a renewal in our minds and the new nature on, that God can do incredible things. Now, here's the thing about that. We have to be willing to be honest with God. We have to be willing to be honest with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. In other words, if, if, you, if you aren't willing to expose your thoughts fully to God and say, God, I'm really struggling with this old habit of thinking, this old way of thinking, or maybe this hopeless way of thinking, or, or this maybe sinful habit. If we're not willing to open that up to the Lord, how many of you know we can't experience healing there, right? That when we'll expose that to God, he can bring healing in that area. And in the same way, when we expose it to one another, right, there's healing in that. This is what it says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 9 says this, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light. Say that with me. God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. Can I tell you there are people in the church that are living in spiritual darkness? There are people in the church that, that are, are not free. They're not walking in light. They're not walking in the light of God. And he goes on to say this, if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. Why? Catch this. Because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. How do we live renewed? Through the blood of Jesus. How are we made new? Through the blood of Jesus. And then he goes on to say, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. 
the key is openness, right? The key is confession. I believe this, confession leads to freedom. So if we're, if our desire is to live with a renewed mind and our desire is to live as the new creation that God has created us to be, confession has to be a key part of who we are. Confessing our sins to God so that we can walk in freedom. Confessing our thoughts are maybe not in alignment with his words so that he can help us to overcome our thought life. Confessing to each other that, man, I, like, I, I'm having a hard time this week. Could you pray for me? Hello? We don't like confession. We like hiding. We, our natural tendency, our human tendency, is to try and hide things. Think of the original sin in the garden. What did Adam and Eve try to do? They tried to hide, right? But if we want to walk in God's freedom, if we want to walk in renewal, it requires us to confess.